0: A lot of times we see with holiday meals, because we're slowing down and we're eating with friends and family, expressing gratitude and joy, that the glucose actually does not spike as high as we would expect it to. You don't gain weight on Thanksgiving or on Christmas. You gain
1: it on all the days in between. Hey there. Welcome to the biohacker babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition.
0: What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and check movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life.
1: Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities because life is too short to not feel your best
0: every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show.
1: All right, my friends, welcome back for roundtable number three. We have my fellow babe. Well, first of all, I'm Renee, co-host of the Biohacker Babes. (laughs) Fellow babe and sister, Lauren, is here today. And Molly Eastman, formerly known as Molly McLaughlin, host of Sleeper.
2: Still (laughs) weird to hear that. I I know. Hold your
1: name. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) And Dr. Jay Wiles of Hanu Health. So we are back for round three. And happy holidays,
0: everyone. Yay. Happy yes, holidays. Wow. We both wore red today. I know. Laid, my goodness. Planned, but. Uh, I, I did we plan. Out. I did you plan did? The red. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So festive. <laughs> <laughs> I felt your intentions through the waves. So I was yes. like, oh, a red shirt today. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Well, I know. Well, for the biohacker
1: babes, this is our last episode of 2022. We're going to be smack in the middle of the holidays when this episode comes out. So my idea for today was how to biohack the holidays, because Mm. I think everyone struggles this time of year with every diet, sleep, stress, exercise, all of that. And so I was like, I want to pick everyone's brains and see what you all do to stay healthy through the holidays. Such a fun topic. Oh, good. Yeah, that's a good
2: one. No, that's a really good one.
1: Yeah. I think based off of Lauren's tip for me this morning, we were like, let's start more general and then we'll get a little bit more nitpicky if we have time. So to kick it off, I want to just hear from everyone, your number one hack for the holidays. And it can be in any biohacking department. Who wants to go first? Who's got a good one?
0: Number one. We only got one. one. We're (laughs) going to hear more, but just highlight.
2: Wait, okay. So I, I'll highlight, but I have to do two because one is like, it's not necessarily a biohack. I think it's just sound advice. And the other one is an actual biohack. So Perfect. the the one that's just sound advice, if you will, and and I, I don't mean to like toot my own horn, but I guess I am a psychologist, so I can provide hopefully relationship advice in some to some extent. But the one for me is like actually finding time for myself amidst like chaos. Mm. So I don't have that big of a family. My wife has a huge family and we're always with family. We're always with friends during the holiday season, which is good in one sense. But in another sense, it's like it's draining and it's that's coming from like a a huge extrovert. So for me, I, I love being around people, but I think it's, you know, certain people, if you will, may drain my battery more so than others. So for me, it is like setting aside like quality time alone. And that could be alone like you know with just my immediate family like my my wife and two boys or just like by myself. So that's number one. The other thing is um, a mechanism for me to handle the stress when I'm in the moment, which is just by like stressing myself out in any other way that I can, which is <laughs> by doing a, a lot of, a fair amount of exercise. I actually up my exercise regimen in the winter time mm. as well as I mean, I don't, I'm like, I don't have anything else to do. Like, might as well work out. Yeah, I'm like totally kidding there. But uh, <laughs> I, I do workouts, but also ice baths, saunas. Like, I just tend to up those things just as a mechanism to like have my me time because a lot of things i do in that category are alone but also just kind of push myself a little bit hard challenge myself a little bit i just find that i deal with and have more resilience like around let's say certain family members or certain situations that may have previously caused me some stress so there you go a little bit of advice and plus biohacking
3: great I love, love
2: those love both of those uh, amazing awesome.
3: yeah that got me thinking i think um some of the things that I like to cycle in is kind of like the feast or famine uh, mindset. So, periods of maybe if it's feasting in whatever particular way that looks like, even if it's like socializing, food, you know, certain indulgences that we might kind of opt into during the holiday season, but then also balancing that with some kind of quote unquote famine. You don't necessarily have to go into that extreme, but having that time <laughs> hunger. to <laughs> hunger, <laughs> to having that time. You right. Having that time to kind of um, allow whether, say, if we're speaking from the food uh, side of things, allowing that time to just kind of let things settle, um, having that downtime. And often what I will do is bring in the front loading of the calories that I'm going to intake. I will try to put, I know we've spoken about that on a bunch of round tables, but just really bringing in that as much as possible on the front half of my day so that it's just still giving myself a little bit of that balance. But I love the callouts around sauna, cold uh, exposure, all of those things to kind of up that to balance all this out. So I think that's great.
2: Mm. That's right. Yeah, it's,
3: I love that. Yeah, go I was just ahead, Dr. Say. It's
2: it's one of those things for me that. It's like I can so easily find myself just either overindulging, becoming sedentary, like thinking to myself like I'm, you know, it's it, it's okay just to kind of pass up on the workout or it's okay to pass up on this and this because I have family here or whatever it may be. And and maybe I can make that excuse more often than I might make that, you know, throughout the rest of the year, but for me I just feel inherently better when I just pay more attention to myself, allow myself those indulgences, allow myself to just be a human being and enjoy it every once in a while, but then just balance it out with also saying like, I'm going to be really strict with myself, but also like well, in certain areas of life, but then also just allow that flexibility because last thing I want to do is like completely socially isolate myself because I have to live a completely different lifestyle from those who I'm around. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. These conversations are amazing because I just get inspired like times 10 in 30 seconds of like, oh now I'm thinking about this. Now I'm thinking about this. <laughs> and I love all of these points. Molly, I actually was gonna talk about feast fasting. So I'm so glad we did. <gasps> oh God. I can talk okay. about my number two. Well maybe you can
3: maybe you can explain a little bit better. I don't think I did the best job. So maybe you can kind of delve in more of your thinking. No, I think it's perfect. And I mean, we're supposed to indulge, like Dr. J said,
0: like Like, we're supposed to enjoy periods of feasting because it usually comes along with community, socializing, like experiencing joy and gratitude. I just did this post about wearing a CGM through the holidays because all of my clients are right now are like, I'm taking it off. I don't want to look at it. Don't want to (laughs) see it. But I'm like, hold on. (laughs) For one, we can like avoid that tomorrow syndrome or avoid the like January one doom and gloom if we like hold ourselves a little bit accountable. But also. The nervous system, and Dr. J, I'm sure you can speak to this, is such a powerful effect on the glucose. And a lot of times we see with holiday meals, because we're slowing down and we're eating with friends and family, expressing gratitude and joy that the glucose actually does not spike as high as we would expect it to. So when we're working, running around, you know, lunchtime is always like a really detrimental time to glucose because we just don't slow down. Like the digestive Mm system is not turned on, parasympathetics not turned on. Anyways, that all goes to be said, like we're supposed to feast. And the fasting is the best way to reset from that. And I've been uh, looking into a lot of the research about how we like kind of do the stair-stepping effect every year. Like winter, we tend to pack on some pounds, and we don't often take it off in the new year or into the spring. And uh, Lane Norton has actually been talking about this, so I've been listening to him a little bit more. He's showing that it's just like stair steps every year. It's like we just add more, more, and more because mm. we don't take it off. So yes, if we do the feasting, we have to do the fasting. That's the rest for our body. Same as with exercise. We take rest in between. Same with the nervous system, you know, sympathetic, parasympathetic. It's all about the balance. So I think that's like such an amazing call out. and such an easy thing to do. Like if you overindulge, next day we like take a little rest. Yeah. So
1: good. That reminds me of, I don't know who said this years ago and it really stuck with me. They said, you don't gain weight on Thanksgiving or on Christmas. You gain it on all the days in between.
0: Mm. Ah,
2: it's those damn me. leftovers, man. Damn the leftovers. Leftovers. <laughs> oh, But they're
0: so good. Oh man. The turkey sandwiches.
2: Really <laughs> okay. Are. Maybe
0: leftovers really the are. next
1: day, but then <laughs> yeah, maybe by Saturday you start fasting again. Or, I mean, it really probably starts with the Halloween candy, right? It's like the candy you're eating Halloween night, probably not a big deal. It's that it's in your house for the next two weeks and you keep eating it. Right. So I think that's, that's right. a yeah. good rule with the feast and fasting. What were we going to say? You go. I uh, don't <laughs> Um, I just, I have to ditto your CGM post. I think that's so awesome. I actually wish that I had a CGM right now rolling into the holidays because I do think it just keeps you more accountable. And plus, if you see that your blood sugar is spiking after Thanksgiving dinner or whatever, that's an alert to like, Hey, go for a walk or Hey, take some berberine or whatever. Like, I think it just empowers you to say, Oh, I just need to do something about this
0: rather than not knowing what your blood sugar is doing. We are just like remaining like willfully ignorant to it. I think a lot of us don't want to look, it's like, we have opportunities. Yeah. If we we want to listen.
1: Just like your aura Ring data your Hanu Health data, right? It's like, oh, I am stressed. Okay. I can do some breath work real quick rather than just like being ignorant and like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. the, The one trap that a lot of people fall into is that when they look at their data and maybe the information that's being provided uh, isn't congruent with what they want to have happen. So therefore, they see with Hanu that they are experiencing some taxation on their nervous system, or maybe glucose is like not going in the direction that they like seeing. A lot of people immediately want to say, well, you know, out of sight, out of mind, take off the strap or, you know, pull the seat." It doesn't happen if I don't see it. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't happen if I don't see it. And so, going back to your point, uh, Renee, about just the high level of accountability that you can get with some of these biometric monitors, I, like that—that that for me is like why I go to it. Like, I want to have that level of accountability, like when I go into the holiday season. So, for me, I've got my levels on order right now because I don't wear it every single month. Like, I get I, I do it probably every once or uh, once a quarter, maybe is when I and I do a you know two week stints of, of levels or a month of levels, and you know for me the information is phenomenal. And I find, I, I call it like the levels effect or the Hanu effect. Like if I'm wearing my Hanu, I'm more aware of my stress response. I'm more aware of my breathing. If I wear my levels, I think twice before I overindulge, but then also too, and I think uh, the point goes you know to this, Lauren, you probably can speak to it this plenty because you do this as a levels coach, but it's actually like teaching people what you would expect to see um, as opposed to kind of what people I think I feel like people just get so worrisome about things going awry when in fact it's like no there's also a natural progression of what you should expect to see especially if you're sitting down for thanksgiving dinner and a single hit there or there to blood glucose isn't going to cause just this mass disruption, and therefore you've got diabetes because you ate that meal, or you've got cardiovascular disease because you ate that meal. There's a compounding fe- effect over time, not just a singular singular event. That therefore, like that's it. Like you, you know, go from no diabetes to diabetes, or no heart disease to heart disease, or you know, whatever it may be, you fill in the blank.
0: Right the spectrum is wide, and I think that's an amazing point about the data. Like we haven't been trained to look at the data and to understand the data, I and mean, we could probably do a whole podcasts, The four of us just about reading yes. data and what, what's normal, what's yeah. not, how to optimize that's it. Right. I hear that a lot. Next one, people are like, "Yeah, oh, well, I only ate fats all day because it didn't spike my glucose, and I'm, you know, I'm in the 80s all day long. That's good, right? Like, well, it's okay to have some fluctuations. It's okay to have like this kitty roller coaster. Like, that's okay, but we just haven't been been taught, and that's also okay. So that's valuable for sure. I just yeah. wanted to add, also, I, I guess my hack a go. A, building on the feast fasting is this is also not a time for like PRs or gains or competition. This is not like going to be our best month ever. I think the holidays are very stressful. And so instead of hitting our best numbers ever, or our most workouts ever, or like best glucose numbers, it's like, can we just stay in this nourished, balanced state and like, listen to our body knowing that there's so many stressors coming at us from the weather, from less sunshine and vitamin D exposure to who knows with family stress and planning and meals out and sleep schedules that change, like it's like endless variables. So so can we just find this middle ground where we're not pushing ourselves to like reach our max or to be the best? You know, that list goes on, but that would be my, my Mm -hmm. big advice is let's just kind of chill out. And of course there's a spectrum there too, because like some people exercise way too much or some people exercise too little. So the advice is know thyself and what, what is your, middle ground? What's your balance? What is your homeostasis? And how, how can we like kind of just hover in that middle zone essentially to like get through the holidays?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that too. Cause one of the things that you just pointed on, I think is so helpful for us to have in the back of our minds as we're diving into this new period of like new chapter, new calendar time zone, when we're going into winter, into Ugh, the Januaries, the Februaries, what that all can bring up for people— but I think what's really helpful is to kind of pan out for um, our context shift and think about the fact that seasonally, there would have been a real adjustment that we would have done historically for so long. And it's one of the things that we work with, you know, with our cohorts at Sleep is a Skill. They like are so sick of me talking about this because I'm often talking about winter being on purpose. You can really think of it as the season of melatonin, the season of more darkness. Um, I get a lot of pushback because I talk about uh, standard time and how we've now moved back to standard time and people are like, I hate standard time and it sucks. And blah, blah, blah. But the reason they're saying that, and I'm, I often say there needs to be a new PR rep for standard time because it, my argument, I'm taking on this role and especially, for you. <laughs> and especially, I'm doing this on purpose because literally next year, what is up um, for legislation change is to move to daylight savings time all the time and so it's on the, but it's not been signed into, you know, practice yet but it's it's moving in that direction. So I say that because one of the things that I think is unfortunate for poor standard time is that it always comes into the conversation in the winter when no matter what time you're on, you're going to have more stretches of darkness just because that's what winter is. There's more periods of darkness, there's a shift, you know, for the amount of sunlight that is present. And so Historically, we would have our, our understanding of our patterns is that we would have slept more during the winter. We would have done more resting. We would have done more kind of cozy indoor activities. And so, the more we can mimic that, even in a time when we can just change the nest thermostat to whatever we, we you know whatever we want, there is actually an opportunity to lean into more of that seasonal change and take advantage of that. And then, to your point around kind of having some gentle you know kind of Shifts could be beneficial as well. That's mm. really powerful. Molly, I love the that.
1: Daylight saving time. So if we went to that full time, what would that really mean for us? Hey,
3: biohackers, did you know the
1: use of silver actually has a long history and has been used by many ancient civilizations as a means to not only maintain health, but to preserve food and beverages? Before the mainstream discovery and acceptance of antibiotics in the early 1900s, silver was used in hospitals and is actually still used today.
0: Silver has generally gotten a really bad reputation. Maybe you've heard the scary claims from the blue man that took too much silver. Well, quantity and especially quality really matter here. So, most silver supplementation on the market is ionic silver, and it is unsafe for the body if used in high quantities. This is why we really love silver Soul technology. It's not ionic and it's a true colloidal silver, which is a nanoparticle coated by a silver oxide. What you really need to remember is that it's more effective, more efficient at lower parts per million. Silver Soul technology is 10 to 33 parts per million, where other companies have up to 3000 parts per million. The takeaway, more is not better. Yeah.
1: And Silver Biotics actually has a range of products, but we especially love their immune specific line. The Silver Soul technology has a natural way of targeting invaders without the side effects. This uses multiple modes of action on how it actually targets invaders and it uses the natural elements to kind of trick the body, so to speak, and then it kickstarts the immune system.
0: Yes. I love these natural defenses. So it actually came to the rescue to me the other day. I was feeling a little run down and at the end of my luteal phase. So for my ladies, that is when we are the most vulnerable. So I took a few doses and a day later, I was feeling pretty brand new. I was just so grateful that I had this stuff on hand and guess what? I'm still not blue. I can confirm that she is not blue (laughs) and either am I, and I've had a
1: similar experience. It really kind of saved the day for me. And on top of the immune line, we have some other products from them that we love their skincare, like their healing skin cream, the anti-aging facial serum, and then their oral care. The whitening toothpaste is amazing. I call myself a toothpaste snob. I have tried all the natural ones and usually when they're really clean toothpaste, they don't work well, but this one is incredible.
0: You know what? I think my teeth are turning blue. What do you think?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what the whitening toothpaste is for. No. And to wrap things up, they also have the wound care product and they have pet care products for all the animal lovers out there. Like Lauren and I. Meow. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> you didn't woof.
0: Woof. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if you want to check out the products from silver biotics, you can head over to silverbiotics.com and make sure you use discount code biohacker babes at checkout to save some money. We will put the link to their website and the discount code in the show notes for today's episode. All right, let's get back
3: to the show. Okay. So what this would mean is that we instead of, so as of right now, we just did this change, right? Where we move back to standard time, which standard time is really, you can think of standard time as most akin to like real natural solar time. Um, so more our most kind of approximation of what the sun uh, is rising and setting, we're kind of aligning with that. Um, so we've moved back to that right now. Usually into the spring, we would shift our clocks over to daylight savings time. And that's when everyone's like, oh, my God, I love daylight savings time. It's so much more light. But also that's happening in alignment with the time when we would have had more light, expo- more sunlight anyway. So it's just really got a lot going for it. But <laughs> with that, the change... We can't get enough. <laughs> we can't get enough. Yeah, Totally. But what that does is it changes things one hour out off of the actual rhythms of nature. So the concern from kind of the sleep community is, okay, if we were to adopt daylight savings time all year long, which is what's on the table in the United States coming up, is that then we would be on, there's an argument, we'd be on permanent jet lag. So we'd be on permanent one hour differential than what is actually happening and skewed later later. And most of us do not need any additional help, quote unquote, of uh, going to bed later. Most of us are already skewing later in general. So this would just push the envelope even more, push us off of these rhythms. And in some parts of the country, that would have the sun rising. at, We're talking into like 8 a.m., sometimes even parts of like obscure areas. Um, it can go into even like 30s, late eights when Oof. sun would be rising. Wow. And so, you know, just even more challenging for us to align with these rhythms when it would look like this. So there's a lot of concern about what's at stake for that. So I think that this could be an opportunity for us as we're talking about holidays and what have you. To kind of have a little bit of a crash course of what do these seasons, what do they look like? How did, have we as, you know, kind of a man-made construct of changing times, how have we disrupted some of that and thrown us all off? And how could we instead embrace it? So what's an argument on the table is permanent standard time so that we're not changing all along, but we're just actually changing the times to be what, you know, the rhythms actually are. And I'm mm-hmm.
2: guessing that's that's your preference, Molly?
3: That is my reference. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it, moves. it does skew you more. So there would be there would be that shift. So there'd be that earlier kind of sunrise. Um, but it would be all year long. And so standard time could arguably have a little bit of better press because then it would also benefit from that time during the summer when there naturally is so much more hours of sunlight. It's just reappropriating that back to the actual rhythms. Sure. Yeah, makes that makes sense, sense to me. Yeah,
1: right? I I feel like if the sun was coming up at eight or eight thirty, most people would not get outside and get their morning sunshine. Like they're already right. in the office by oh, eight or kids nine. kids
2: school too. I mean, I think about oh, my kids. Yeah. Like they, yes. they're they're in school at eight o'clock basically. So for them, like they've they're gonna have. Well, I guess they can watch the sunrise from their you know school chair. Whatever. Oh, be. Yes, I'm so totally kidding, windows. but I'm actually, be. Sherman would not like me. this.
3: He would be like, "Come <laughs> on, get yourself outside." No. That's right, and they tried this in the '70s. We've tried this um, as a country. We tried this in the '70s, and it did not work. People did not like it, and fairly quickly went away and was repealed. Mm. But now we're, you know, recreating history uh, again. And which
2: one did we try? We tried all daylight savings time, savings time. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. What was the pushback? Do you, do you recall what the so, actual pushback um, was?
3: there was safety concerns. So there was, uh, and, and certainly the school, uh, element was a big one. So a lot yeah. of parents were concerned about their kids kind of waiting for the school bus in the dark and, you know, all of these issues, yeah. but also just, it was really challenging for people to kind of maintain healthy, um, sleep schedules when mm-hmm. it was kind of, it goes against what we think of for uh, kind of being aligned with these rhythms as much as possible. So there was a lot of reasons why that one didn't really last. And so my hope is that now that this won't pass, but it is called the Sunshine Act, um, Sunshine Protection Act. So, you know, it's very nicely named, uh, Mm, but it's a little concerning and misleading. (laughs) So, you
2: know, I, I so like yeah. intuitively it all like it all sounds great, and I feel like I align like with with all of it. I am yeah. absolutely though one of those people who I'm always like, oh man, I love the sun, like being out till like 9 p.m. or like, yes. and, and, and like I'm always one of those like, oh man, four o'clock, th- uh, you know, five o'clock, the sun's going down. However, yeah. it's like that's just me being selfish and me wanting more sunlight at the end of the day. But if yeah. I if I'm understanding correctly, which I think I am, there yeah. are it's pretty hard. significant yeah. health detriments that can come. From not being aligned with the natural kind of with natural sunlight and the and the phase shifts of natural sunlight, so I mean, yeah, you, you might be selling me on it, even though I'm kind of like, oh, I do like being out at like 9 p.m. and it's still a little bit like of sun. It's kind of I know. Cool. I know.
0: I'm it- with you. I love a pasta giada at like 9 p.m. Yeah. just like a nice <laughs> stroll. But I have to say. Since it's been getting dark before 5 p.m., normally I like to wrap up my clients by five, and then I have like this email window where I sit at my computer. Because at 4:50, it's like, oh, sun's going down. I've been leaving my computer and going outside to walk before it gets dark. So, yay! At first, I was like mm. super against it, but I'm like, oh, it's getting me out. It's like getting me away from yeah. my computer. getting that sunshine to get my walk in. Whereas before, it was just like, I'll keep working. The sun's still up. We got time. <laughs>
2: Well, it helps yeah. me to wind down a lot sooner, which is really yeah. good. Um, because for me, if I don't, I might be like, well, the sun is still out, so I can still like do work on my laptop. But if I'm like, uh, yeah. it's you know, six o'clock and it's pitch black out there, yeah. it's not going to be good for me to sit in front of a computer screen like, you know, in my living room and then I'll, I'll shut down. So it does help me with some of those maybe poor health behavior habits that I will engage in when the sun stays out for a much longer time. For me, it's like, okay, is there a happy medium? Can I get like the sun? sun out early and then it sets like just a little bit later than what it is right now. That's what I'm looking for. Personal it
0: sunshine, anymore. personal sun
1: right. schedule,
2: just <laughs> <Right>. rise
1: <laughs> and fall when I need it. Yeah. Hey, it does with technology that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It does feel weird to be on your electronics when it has been dark for two or three hours for sure. I'm definitely noticing yep. that. And like, even by eight o'clock I'm like, is it bedtime? Oh wait, it's only eight. Like. <laughs> Yeah. So Molly, I'm happy to hear you say that it's normal to sleep a little bit more in the winter too. Cause I was going to ask you about that. Cause I definitely do.
3: Yes. So. so a couple of things, one and and more to the PR repping for standard time. I totally hear you because it's, it can be jarring for it to, um, get so dark so early. And my argument for, for, standard time is that if we were to experience it all year long, we would also get to experience some of the benefits of when we go into the summer months and summer, just no matter how how you cut it is just going to have longer stretches of sunlight exposure in general. So historically, part of the argument, back to that kind of feast or famine, that also applied to sexual activity, that also applied to um, the types of foods that we were having. And what we would see is that people would be more sexually active in the summer months because of just longer stretches of sunlight, you know, it's warmer, all these different reasons to be out socializing. There was actually a real change in activity levels and how you would kind of get together communions of, you know, so if we really do kind of beckon back to how things were, and then somewhat apply somewhat of that blueprint into our modern society, like we don't have to be nuts about it, but some element, um, you know, that even applies to seasonal food choices. You know, if you really dive into some of these things, it can, there can be a lot of wisdom, I think, from just mimicking a bit of how things were and then applying it now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, at least yeah. we don't live in Alaska where we have to deal with real darkness all day. That's <laughs> yes, true. That like,
0: on the bright side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <Okay>. Um <laughs> you did there.
0: Renee, yeah. what's your big advice?
1: Yes. Um, okay. So I kind of have two. As I've been listening, I like agree with everything you all are saying. I would add two more. In one, I'm telling myself this advice personally, because I need to hear it. Something that my husband and I are going to try through the holidays is one social commitment in a day. And and Molly, right? You know how it is in Vegas. There's always something fun to do. So like literally Ryan and I sat down the other night. We're like, we just need to accept that we're going to miss out on certain fun things. And that's okay. Like, I don't want to be going to like a brunch here and then a dinner party here and then going to hear a band after like one thing a day, have fun, and that's going to be plenty. So that's my- my goal for this holiday season. I like it. (laughs) FOMO, if you two are like couples FOMO.
3: goals. But I know your oh. calendar would always be so like, okay, I got this and this and this, and oh my god, like amazing.
0: I know <laughs> so she's going to pick the one that lasts the longest, whichever one is seven hours long. I'm going to do <laughs> <Yeah>. that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Cutting back, and then on top of that is
1: I already do this now, and I'm going to do it through the holidays. I think it's great. Is 30 minutes a day, Dr. J? Kind of how you were saying is like take time for yourself, like whatever that magic sauce is for you. And for me, it's 30 minutes. I'm loving the brain tap with the amp coil, but you could totally just do some breath work or close your eyes, take a nap, meditate, whatever, but 30 minutes a day. Cause you know, the rest of the day is going to be a little bit crazy. And I think on top of that, kind of like you were saying, Lauren, with like intense exercise is like, be kind to yourself. And I was even texting you this morning, Lauren. I was like, I think I need to skip orange theory today because it is such an intense workout. It's going to be super stressful. I have to be up at two 30 tomorrow morning to go to the airport. So probably not a good idea to go like completely stress my body out tonight. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to skip the hard
0: workout.
2: Again, I'm talking to
0: myself. I'm talking to myself here. (laughs) (laughs) We all need to take our own advice all the time. All the time.
3: That's That's I, I love the 30 minute. My coach this morning, I have, um, I, a lot of, you know, I like love having lots of coaches. And so one of my coaches is this high performance coach. And one of the things that our conversation left with was exactly that. And it's not as if it's like, you know, you, you should do this and then life happens and then you get away from it. And this is what I've been getting away from. is enough time of actually pulling myself away from the zoom calls, the, this, the, that, and actually physically getting outside doing, and I speak about this so often. So I have to ensure that I'm like, living my brand. And so that was one of my recommitments with my coach was 30 minutes, just kind of physically getting outside, preferably walking and just like a, you know, a shift, an environmental shift. So I love that or uh, downtime or whatever that looks like for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A walk is a great way to do that. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Yay for the 30 minute roll.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: All right, friends. I have my next question for you. If you are going to a holiday party this season, what would you bring? what's your number one thing you'd bring it can be be a dish it can be a gift it can be a drink or it oh could be God. nothing mm. it could be yourself oh, yeah, the absolutely. worst everyone I'm hates what best. i bring Hey, biohackers. We just have a quick interruption in today's episode to tell you about something that is a game changer when it comes to blue light. We really want to be getting outdoors, getting that natural blue light exposure, especially first thing in the morning, right? That's going to help get us energized and focused and increase our natural rise in cortisol for the day. But unfortunately, a lot of us are sitting inside on computers and tablets and phones and TVs, right? And we're getting all this artificial blue light, which is very damaging to our overall health, but especially for our eye health. We don't want to be straining our eyes all day with this blue light exposure because it can cause long term damage to our eyes, but also like that eye strain. Maybe you've experienced headaches or blurry vision or just that mental fatigue. So, a really easy biohack for this is to wear blue light blocking glasses during the day. And that's where our friends from Felix Gray come in. They're nice because they just look like normal glasses. So if you don't like the crazy amber looking glasses when you're on your work calls or whatever, this is a really great
3: option to
0: protect your eyes during the day. I think this is a really, really easy biohack that we should all be implementing if you are victim to these modern day stressors, like being in front of your computer, or even if you're on your phone a lot during the day. And what we love about Felix Gray is that They are making some pretty stylish glasses. I think traditionally, a lot of the blue light blocking companies were not really going for fashion. And I know that's not the most important thing. We just want to block the blue light. But that was a big commitment for a lot of people because you look a little bit different at nighttime. And I know I like to wear mine in the airports and on airplanes. And so I'm just really grateful that we are moving in the direction that we can look like we're just wearing normal glasses or glasses that, you know, fit our face. And we have different styles and frames so that we can look stylish, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And they've also gone one step further.
1: They have prescription glasses available and their lenses actually filter 15 times more blue light so that's really how it's helping our eyes and the tint it's actually built into the glasses. So it's a really high quality and I feel like these are going to just last me forever. They're awesome. Yes. So if you want to check out these awesome glasses, you can head over to Felix gray com slash biohacker babes. Always easy to remember that right. Biohacker babes. Excellent.
0: Let's get back to the show.
3: Oh, my God. I just had to write mine out for this Friendsgiving. So there's a spreadsheet and a whole thing. And so my two things, um, mine was on mine was the um, hard ketones. Sleep friendly alcohol was my call out on there. And then for Blake's was low carb keto pumpkin pie. And that was only because I said that he had to get that type of pumpkin pie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: can I come to your party? That sounds good.
2: That sounds fun. That sounds fun. (laughs)
1: What kind of (laughs) ketones do you like of the hard ketones? Do you have a favorite?
3: Yes, I do. I like the ginger mule. That one for sure is my go-to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like that one with a little bit of lime juice. Oh, I have not done that. I should do that. So good.
3: Much better than the champagne. Oh man, yes, Ooh, for sure. Yeah. Couldn't do that. See, I, I still
2: I, I know I've talked to you about this before, Molly. And it's no yeah. no no knock on Frank. Frank and I are yeah. good friends. I, I just I have a hard time with them. There's for me, they're just a little bit difficult to to get down. So yeah, I uh so I've actually I've been doing more of like a I mean it's still like a curious sober type thing where it's like yeah. just taking I actually really like the ketone water that he's just come out with. Oh, I um, have so some of that. Me, yeah so i really like that it doesn't have the what's the alternative i forgot what the the
1: buzzing ingredient yeah yeah
2: it doesn't have doesn't have that in it but i just put in like a little bit of bitters and kind of make it almost like like a whiskey sour and i like doing that as well it's not what i'd bring to the party by the way i'll save mine here for a second but (laughs) i've been trying that i and i and and again like i've been trying the hard ketones out i think it's just it's for some people and it's and it's not for others for me i try not to be too much of a baby when it comes to taste uh, because i like love like the the what's the uh the other ketones I take it before most every podcast e4 or whatever CE 4 or whatever they're called that he oh, creates like the performance uh,
3: one? yeah
2: ketone mm-hmm. aid yeah ketone aid i take yep. those all the time and they me taste too. like jet fuel like they're not yeah. very good but i kind of yeah. like them now actually uh me but I, I can do that the, the hard ketones a little bit tough for me man little understood little yeah, yeah i had not to, like, the first person and, like
0: chug and no good <laughs> right.
1: I'm, I'm telling you, you yeah The mule, the mule with lime juice on ice, taste-wise.
2: Okay. It's the best. I can try again. I tried the mule again when Molly said, try more of the mule. And so I was like, all right, I'll go for it. And then I tried it and I was like, like,
3: maybe
2: it's better. But it's, it's just like it's very potent. I think that's the thing. It it's is. just a very potent flavor. And uh, I would tell people who are trying it, don't expect like alcohol type flavor. It doesn't no. taste like alcohol to me. It tastes like its own, own thing. I, I don't even really know how to describe it. But it's, yeah. To, to each their own. Uh, like I will yes. say that there's plenty of people I've met <laughs> yeah. who like they they will down those things and and go for it. For me, yeah. it's a little bit tougher to down. Maybe. Oh I'm my god! Baby. You know
3: the new maybe. Thing? Yeah, I was just gonna say uh, right along with the whole state changer, like alcohol alternatives. Um, in my refrigerator, I have the oxytocin spray. You know that has like uh, a little bit of yeah. nicotine and the whole thing from MitoZen. Uh, Ooh. I've been doing oh, is that John
2: Laurence's stuff? Yes.
3: Yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, I haven't tried that. That's yeah, it could, yeah. you know, I'm always just trying to find something that will give people a sense of a state change without totally wrecking their sleep. Like, what can I do? So that is one that's, you know, I've been testing a little bit more recently. So stay tuned. <laughs>
2: hmm,
3: I like that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. What so, about okay, the kin the, the state. Oh, the can. Oh, I like the, the kin.
1: K-I-N. I like them, the but most, Yeah. yeah. Most of them have caffeine. I think all except the night one. I wish alcohol alternatives would stop with the caffeine. So many of them do that. And I'm like, I don't need a caffeine buzz at 8 p.m. Like, I don't just don't
0: put the caffeine in there. Yeah. I I do like that nighttime one. K I N. K I N. Yeah. They have a couple different. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. That and seed lips, which you're not going to get as much of the state change, but they do have a lot of botanicals and herbals in there that can kind of give you like a euphoric mood booster. Have you tried seed lips, Molly? Yes. Yeah. They're good. I love seed lips. And I feel like you can make, you know, mix it with your bitters and your citrus and sparkling water. And you wouldn't really know that it wasn't a cocktail, honestly. Yeah, absolutely.
3: No, it's so good. Yeah. That
0: one fully tastes like a regular cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. J, what were you going to say about a state change?
2: Oh, I was going to say, you know, the one Molly said she likes to, you know, find those things that give somewhat of a state change, but doesn't wreck sleep. Maybe it's too risque for this podcast and it's opening up a can of worms. But For me, like the one where I experience like a pretty good state change, it's mild, but it's good. It's more of a focused, like, but still quite euphoric is like microdosing of psilocybin and it does not wreck my sleep. If anything, I actually see myself having better experience of sleep at night when I microdose. I don't do it very often. I would say maybe once or twice a week, Meh, once a week maybe. Um, but for me, it's like the amount of well, it's like the uh, euphoria plus like the focus and the creativity, uh, it's all there and it's heightened in terms of state change, but I don't see it wreck sleep. And I'm not telling people that if you start, you know, you know micro dosing or dropping, you know, some LSD or psilocybin <laughs> yeah. or Molly before they go to a party. I mean, maybe if that's your thing, is that if that's your thing, I just well, like, oh, well, I experienced state <laughs> change there, uh, and it doesn't wreck my sleep. So maybe that's ah. what I should go with. Just micro dose a little bit before a party. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. You're talking about less Bring than 200 milligrams and it's like, can you do it at any time? Could you do it at 9 PM?
2: Uh, you know, it's a good question actually. Cause I've never taken it that late. I always take it first thing in the morning. Well, first thing, like after a workout before I go do like a heavy, you know, bout of work. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a good, qu- that's actually a good point. I haven't thought of it that way. Uh, I wouldn't mind trying it. I wouldn't mind like taking a hit. Um, no pun intended. Yeah. i would not mind taking a hit on my sleep like if it was like effective in creating that state change but also didn't you know hit my sleep too bad every time right. and even if like i take a hit one night like i'll recover but i haven't tried it no but yeah. i can do that and report back that would yeah, be my goal me too. Yes. I mean,
0: i'm sure it's still better you. than alcohol
2: i would imagine so, yeah. i would imagine so yeah alcohol is such a weird spectrum thing for me it's like It's like one of just about anything that I would normally drink, uh, which has been a lot less lately. It would either be one glass of wine, but wine wrecks me more than just about any other type of alcohol. But it's uh, pretty much like a, a, a smooth burning liquor. So like gin or like really high quality vodka. One drink, it normally never affects my sleep that much. It does a little bit, not that much two like anything past one and it's like sleep is done uh so it's like for me it's like if i'm gonna do it i'll have one but honestly like i mean i'm six foot five like and i'm like 210 215 pounds like one drink isn't gonna cause a state change for me it's more of just like you know, a fun social thing, and I'm like, but I don't need it to be a fun social thing. I want a, at least a bit of a state change, but I don't want to drink too. So I'm in the predicament of it's like, yeah, it's just like basically not ever worth it for me unless I just get yeah. trashed and drink twenty. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> All, All or in. nothing.
2: <laughs> <That's right. laughs> go yeah. big or go home.
1: Um, yeah. I would add another state change thing since we're on the topic yeah. is is nicotine gum. I know yeah. Molly's like, yes, I if I want to go out and I don't want to drink. I will just pop a piece of nicotine gum with four milligrams. I do the Lucy gum. So it's like the cleanest, I think, option for nicotine. And for me, it gives me a little bit of that like energy buzz. It only lasts like 90 minutes and then I can still sleep and my HRV does
2: great. You can do four milligrams. I'm like, Renee, like, you're a much smaller person than me, but like, if I do four milligrams, like, dude, I am, I got, I have to do half of a Lucy. Cause like, if oh. I do four milligrams, I'm jacked up. Like, and I'm, I am not like, not thinking straight. I feel like a little bit high, actually. So that's, oh, maybe, wow. it could just be genetics and metabolism, though.
0: And
1: practice. Yeah. And practice. Yeah, and practice. Yeah, yeah, maybe I worked up to my four milligrams. Yeah. Maybe, I maybe
2: you start you started at like 16 milligrams and you've worked your <laughs> down four.
0: This Just is my nice own confession. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: nicotine <laughs>
0: confession. Nicotine in the evenings when I was performing on Broadway, when everyone else was like at 7 p.m. go get their venti iced Starbucks coffee. I'm like, you guys are lunatics drinking caffeine at this yeah, yeah. But no, like I needed a little bit of a lift because it's hard to go to work at 7 p.m. So I would do a little nicotine then and same thing didn't affect my sleep, but it was enough to like me a little state change, a little lift in energy.
3: Yeah. I feel like and. that's another one that needs a PR rep or could use a PR rep is really yes. small doses of nicotine where we're talking like, cause Lucy now has the new two milligram option. So now the two milligram one. Um, but I feel like whenever I broach this topic, people ought, there's a lot of, Thoughts that come up when people hear this and it can uh, land very, I don't know, controversial or with a lot of confusion.
1: All right, ladies, are you feeling stressed or maybe even like totally overwhelmed by life right now? I know the holidays can get really crazy um, for the men too, but you know, you might find that you have a harder time sleeping this time of year and maybe even it's hard to lose weight, especially with all those holiday parties we're going to. So if this sounds like you, I want to talk to you about magnesium today magnesium is involved in hundreds of different processes in the body and one of the main things it does is help calm your nervous system so you can feel happy relaxed sleep better at night it also helps us regulate blood sugar and blood pressure so it plays a really important role in helping our body to be able to burn fat and for women especially magnesium plays a huge role in our health all throughout our lives it can help with pms It's important during pregnancy to prevent high blood pressure, and it even helps with menopause symptoms. It's also critical for bone density, which women, we really need to pay attention to, especially as we get older. And the scary fact is that up to 80% of women aren't getting enough magnesium. And when you're stressed, you burn through even more magnesium. So it's really this vicious cycle. So that's why Lauren and I are excited to tell you about our friends over at Bioptimizers. They have created an incredible formula called Magnesium Breakthrough that is truly changing the game for magnesium supplements it's our favorite magnesium product on the market because it's the only full spectrum magnesium supplement that has seven unique forms of magnesium plus the cofactors and other nutrients needed to enhance the absorption of the magnesium. So if you want to check this out, head over to magbreakthrough.com/biohackerbabes. That's mag like M A G breakthrough.com/biohackerbabes and then at checkout make sure you use code biohackerbabes10. You'll get 10% off anything that you want. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah,
2: I think people think yeah. cigarettes. They think yeah. they automatically think cigarettes, and you're like, no, no, it's quite quite different. It is an ingredient that you find in cigarettes, but yeah. no, we are not telling you to go out and you know smoke smoke a couple cigarettes to get your high. We're talking about a, a lot lower dosage of nicotine, and we're also not talking about all the carcinogens found in a cigarette. But I think that's where a lot of people's heads right. go. Uh, I've had that happen to before. Like the one time, I think it was the first time I said something about nicotine to my parents it was probably like a thanksgiving dinner a christmas dinner or something and they looked at me and they're like what what are you using and i remember my wife just saying like jay they don't understand it's okay are you addicted addicted? yeah right no exactly
3: that's like lucy's new motto maybe a little bit i know Lucy's new model is um, nicotine for normal people. Is their new kind ah, of, a, uh, you know, look like statement? Them. Isn't that good? I know. Nice move. Look at them. That's yeah, yeah because like you said,
1: Jay, the, the cigarettes have all these carcinogenic ingredients, and but people associate the nicotine with that. But and yes, nicotine can be addictive at higher amounts, and I think a cigarette is like twelve to sixteen milligrams or something. So then the nicotine's true. getting them addicted to the cigarette, which itself has all the toxic ingredients and that's why it causes cancer. But it's not the nicotine itself yeah. causing cancer. That's like the big.
0: Thank you food Foster. industry for making us demonize the wrong yeah. things.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Always. Very yeah. good. <laughs> all right.
0: Jay, what
1: do you bring into the party?
2: Okay. All right. So to the party, I'm bringing two different things. The first thing I'm bringing, and I actually do this uh, and I offer this to some people who I know like would respect it. Um, and then I don't, but I don't just like throw it out to there because to everybody, because I think that some people, like if they, if I offer it to them, they're going to be like, well, what is this? And then when they ask what it is, it's just going to take us down this crazy rabbit trail. But every Thanksgiving dinner, every holiday party, holiday dinner, I always bring, either one or two types of supplements one would either be dihydroberberine mm. and the other one would be uh Keon lean. so you know some rock lotus um and- <laughs> For me, it's all about just like stabilization of blood sugar in whatever way I can. Like, I know a lot of people when they take it, they're like, you know, have like literally have your cake and eat it too. Well, not literally figuratively have your cake and eat it too. (laughs) For me, it's like, I know. Yeah, I know for, for me, it's, it's one of those things where like, I, I kind of agree with that in one sense, but I also think it gets blown out of proportion, but I like bringing that simply because for me, it's like, I can just uh, maybe indulge, maybe overindulge a little bit at this one singular event and not be like feel too guilty about it and then well i have a fair amount of family members who i think just like I don't know I mean, maybe it's just as a proxy over time they've always just like kind of come to me for health and wellness related questions and so like they know i have stuff like that and so i have a brother-in-law i was all the time i was like did you bring some of that stuff uh, for the for the carbs oh. and I'm like well yeah i've got it here here have some and then my wife likes it and you know we we don't give it to our kids uh but uh yeah i don't even know why i was bringing the kids into this they don't ask about it <laughs> <They're just laughs> being, where's uh, yeah. Yeah, there's that, that carb stuff. Um, so that's that's the first thing I would bring, or one or one or two things. The other thing that I will bring, like every once in a while, uh, but again, I it's been a lot less often, is I'll bring a bottle of wine from um the dry farms because I think that if I'm going to drink wine, I'm going to, I want one that's going to be really solid, uh, organic, uh, just one that isn't just full of just like really bad, you know, waste products and chemicals. And so I, I like to go with dry farms. And for me, it, it tends to be like maybe once a season that I'll do that. But again, like I enjoy a glass of wine and I'm willing to take a hit, even though like wine is my absolute favorite thing to drink in the whole wide world, probably besides like coffee and Tobacco. Chico. Uh, and so, so for me, I like, I want to still have it, even though I'm like, I know this is going to take a hit on me in some way, but, uh, yeah, I, I bring the bottle so that I don't drink the whole bottle. I share it with others.
1: Nice. I have to That's add it. to the dry farm. We just had Todd white back on by babes podcast. And for a second time, and two things that I learned, I actually didn't know before is one that most wines are not vegan or vegetarian friendly because they're putting mm-hmm. like, Lauren, you maybe you remember like pig hmm. spleen and beef liver. Like what? there's weird animal byproducts yeah. in what? wine, in conventional wine. Yeah. So vegan vegetarians, be careful what wine you're drinking. And then two, there's actually like two classify, or I'm sorry, what was it called? Two acute toxins in conventional wine that if you have too much within a 24 hour period, um, it could kill you. Mm. And those are in the wine. Cool. So I'm like, great,
0: <laughs> excellent, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's so pretty insane. Men- yeah. Of all the things that are labeled vegan, you're like, what? wasn't that vegan to begin with? You're like, oh, wine yeah. actually probably deserves that labeling. It's just people have no idea. Oof.
2: Wow. Yeah. So definitely that's, a big that, fan That's of a odd one for me. Well, for me, it's like, you know, pig liver and spleen. Maybe I do want a little bit of that so I don't, don't have to eat it. So I'm just going to get my organ meats yeah. through my wine. Uh, can I get my B12 kidding. that
0: way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. But mixed in with some but, uh, plastics that's... and carcinogens too. I don't know. You're like, does your Why stomach not? separate up? It offsets. No? <laughs> Come
2: on. Come on, Lauren. It just all offsets. <laughs> you know, I, I think like, that's just like insane to me that like, I guess companies like if I'm assuming larger scale companies that, you know, have a high level, high quantity of production do this. It just seems like so bizarre to me, like to think that like all of this stuff can be included mm-hmm. and obviously they're not putting it on the label you know, with pig spleen and pesticides, and (laughs) they're not putting it on the label, but, uh, people, they love their stuff. So they're going to go to Costco and they're going to buy a whole case of this and drink, you know, the whole thing over the course of a weekend because, Hey, it's the holidays and that's what you do. So it's like, again, I, I think that I don't want to go to the extent of saying like, let's just demonize alcohol and never, ever use it. Because I think we've done that with like so many things. And then we always kind of like come back a little bit on it. We're like, ah, well, maybe we shouldn't have said, cut it all out. I think limit it pretty significantly is a good idea, but just make sure that the quality is better, especially over the quantity. I think that's the takeaway for that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, could I could not mean, agree more. Yeah, it, can you imagine if your food label had 76 toxic additives on it? Right. Like you wouldn't <laughs> buy it, but it's in the wine and just because it's not on the label you buy it.
2: Right. Yeah. It's crazy. I was out so of sight, sh- out of mine. Oh, my gosh.
0: Absolutely. And I I was so shocked to hear also from Todd that going to a place like Whole Foods where you think, oh, we can trust it. It's mostly organic and they're going to source. Well, he said even in Whole Foods, like that entire wall, it's just it's all like three major companies that are producing this stuff and they just smack their fancy label on it with a beautiful picture of some picturesque farm somewhere. And you're like, oh, that's got to be the clean one. It's like all crap. Like we're duped over (laughs) and over again. So dry yeah. farm actually yeah. makes it on my list of two that i would bring to a party as well i'm so glad you said nice. that one because it helps me like i'm gonna take less of a hit from the alcohol when i do in- enjoy a glass but also because i think it's such a great conversation starter like i love talking about the wine and maybe introducing it to other people because sometimes people don't know how good they could feel until they experience it so we go to these holiday parties it's like i'm just gonna feel like crap tomorrow so i'm like yes. and off the wine like you're peddling your supplements i'm like here try this Call me tomorrow. Let me know how you feel. You should
2: get you should get dry farms to like pay you to be a small yay at all of your parties, just serving serving their wines. Everybody talking about it. You should because you know what I have brought
0: it into. I have snuck it into many a restaurant and many a bar. I just bring my own because I'm like it's not worth it for me to drink whatever commercial California wine they're serving. I'm like I'm not going to do it. And I too, I love drinking wine. So I've smuggled it, I've peddled it, (laughs) and I love talking (laughs) about it. I think, I mean, it's the education. That's the first piece. We need to educate people. And I think this wine industry stuff is just so, so unknown. So
2: Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yes.
0: Yeah. My second one is I... Oh, oh, no. Go, 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 go. Yeah. What what else do you in? My second one is I always bring something that's just like a ridiculous amount of vegetables. Salad or, you know, something super green, which annoys me. A lot of people, and often they won't eat it, but worst case, I get to eat it all. I, I did this recently, not a holiday yeah. thing, but I was in Banff kind of glamping, and we did a shared potluck picnic, and I brought a massive salad. It was like, I thought it was amazing. It was arugula and lemon and some Parmesan and some nuts, and I thought it was amazing, and no one else wanted to eat it. They were eating like their plant-based burgers and their vegan mac and cheese. I was like, great, I'm going to eat the whole salad myself. So- <laughs> I was like, I bring it to share because I want people to have vegetables so you can fill up on your fiber and micronutrients. Worst case scenario, I get to eat it.
1: I love that. That's a good rule. I know I follow the same for holiday parties. And I think that's a good thing. Just bring something healthy that, yeah, worst case you eat it or you take it home and eat it the next day. And like my go-to is I love roasted Brussels sprouts with butternut squash and bacon bits on top. Ooh, oh, that's a good. Nice.
2: One. I love that too. It's very
1: like <laughs> holiday-ish. It's keto-ish. The butternut squash yeah. is a little bit of carbs, but like, <laughs> oh, so yummy. It's um, high
2: quality. I love it too, man. Like that, like Brussels sprouts, like really well-made Brussels sprouts, like with the bacon on top. Oh, good. So good. I like going to a restaurant, like a steakhouse where they do that. And then they also like, will like baste it with some vinaigrette. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Ooh. Now I'm just, I'm, I'm getting, getting hungry. You guys got to stop
3: anymore. Rene. Now we're all hungry.
2: Right.
3: So, okay. <laughs> well, actually one quick thing. I, I love that we're talking about this because the more of us that we can get on this conversation of how we can Kind of the have our cake and eat it too, no pun intended, but to have it all and be able to indulge and but then also feel as great as possible. Like I went to this one, so meaning that the more we can kind of bring this like biohacking into generalized culture, I went to this one party. Actually, Lacey Renee, you kind of I think you know her, she's yeah, in one of our I groups, see. right? So she had this whole buffet spread, right? Beautiful, amazing, and then this great little bowl of black pills in the middle. And I was like, what is that? All activated charcoal to go along yes. with all of your indulgences and what have you. So whatever people think about these different options, fine, do what works for you. But I think the more we can be seeing some of these things that can help aid us in you know, this time of the feast and famine, um, I think it's just amazing. Like, I would love to be at more events where people are like thoughtful and thinking of these things. Um, there was just wellness Coachella wonder soul happening over here in Austin this past weekend. And they had, they were sponsored by who was it? Oh, shoot. I'm forgetting the other one. Oh, maybe Kava, um, like a Kava, true true Kava? Kava? True Kava? Kava I think, I think mm. true Kava and, um, hard ketones. And that was kind of the drink options of choice, you know, just like, could we have more of that? I would love that. Just, I think that that yeah. would all be amazing yeah. if we're all discussing this and bringing this in to like our regularized optionality. Yeah. I mean,
1: there's a huge movement just like in the sober curiosity, but I think there's a lot of us that just don't want to give it up completely. So I think the more options we get, the more we all experience and try them, keep sharing to see because some of them are great and some of them don't taste great and kind of suck. So we just got to keep testing and sharing. (laughs) That's right. Um, And next to the bowl of charcoal, I would say a bowl of digestive enzymes. Like put that out on your food platter.
3: Oh my God, we needed a whole checklist. Uh, Uh, This is an amazing checklist to have at every party, and I love that. We're just going to replace
2: all the food with pills, though. It's going to be like 30 (laughs) different pills, and then, like, you know, a thing of Brussels sprouts at the end of it.
3: Yeah, (laughs) with
0: bacon.
2: With bacon, bacon. yeah. Yeah, Don't forget the bacon. (laughs) That's right. I love that.
0: Yeah. Wait,
1: you're hungry? Sorry, all you get is a shot of ketones. That's all you get. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> that's it, that's oh my it. gosh.
1: Yeah. And a lime. Take care.
2: Picturing... Take care of that hungry with, with no time. You'll be, Yeah, you'll be <laughs> totally. Not hungry with super a efficient.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm picturing like the quicksilver. Table that they, they normally have at conferences where everything's like a little push. So you get like a little cup. Yes. And it's just like oh, push yeah. your supplements in, take a little <laughs> shot, move on yes. to the next. I think That's we're it. on to something. I love I it. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. Amazing
0: tips. Well, oh my gosh, we
1: are at the, <gasps> the finale. Oh. I know I didn't get to I my know. final question. Time I will flag. close <laughs> it out with any parting words, any final advice for people before we
0: wrap up for the day. Sure. I, I would say final. just Kind of circling back to my other advice, I would say just really listen to your body um, from an immune perspective, just because we have less vitamin D, less sun exposure, more darkness, sleep is off, more sugar. I mean, every client that I talked to is like, there's cookies everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, Just keep listening to your body. I know last year I got COVID because I worked out when I shouldn't have, and I knew that I shouldn't. I, my recovery was low. My data said that. I subjectively felt that. And I pushed through because I was like, this is my chance to get it in. And, it, you know, we learn these lessons. We experience these lessons over and over again. But the advice is listen to your body because it's not the time to go all out. And again, like I said, like PR. So your body always communicates with you. Listen to it. Beautiful.
3: <laughs> love that. I love that. I would say, um, yeah, utilizing your calendar, too, to ensure that you're building in time in your calendar to have that recovery, the off time, the 30-minute walk or you know downtime that we're talking about, whatever it looks like for you and sprinkling that in so that we aren't running ourselves down. I also did something like that, Lauren, last year and really ran myself down, got COVID, just you know, way more suffering than I needed to do. Um, and one of the lessons that I took from that was, okay, you got to carve out that time to take care of yourself, especially when there's so much fun, like Renee was talking about, Oh, the paradox of choice, like what party do I go to? What all of this, you know, um optionality, but how we can take care of ourselves in the process,
2: right? Yeah, the one thing that I would say is like you know, allow yourself some freedom throughout the holidays. But then also when it's time to change and, and turn into the new year, I, I think it's always great for a level of self-reflection, looking back at the last year and saying, what were those things that really worked well for me? Where are my growth edges? And then going into the new year with a solid plan and foundation, uh, I'm huge on like cliche, like new year's resolutions. Now, yes, not to I the do. extent of like, I hope to do like, you know, whatever, and that's it. But like actually having a structured plan, like I really love that. And I was not like that before my wife, like you used to be into it and, Like, Oh, that's so stupid. Like people make their new year's resolution and they last, you know, whatever, two weeks, three weeks if they're like super hardcore until finally I was like, Oh goodness. Like she sets a new year's resolution and then she carries it out because she has an actionable plan. And then I started doing it probably five or so years ago, um, and it, it was it was it's been life changing every single year for the last five years. The resolution that I set out for, I have made it, and it's because I had a plan and I stuck to it. I had accountability. So I don't mean to go into you know too much of a soapbox here, but I think like self reflection and then prepping for the next year and identifying those growth edges and saying here's what I'm going to actively do about it, so that that growth edge becomes a strength of mine. I, I think that's what we. all all probably should be doing or at least take some time just to ponder it to journal it to think about it and then get going. Oh,
3: yeah. oh, that made Absolutely. me think of one quick other one that I would love to add in there because that was so good. I just was in LA at this crazy party that had these crazy thinkers at it and Sonia Liebermanski, I don't know if any of you've heard of her. She's like one of the top researchers in the area of happiness. And if we're talking about ultimate kind of biohacks um, I would ass- assert that being happy throughout the course of our life would be really a great longevity hack. So, one of the takeaways she was speaking to was that in all her research and all the things that she's discovered, connectivity being one of the most important things for your health and well-being and overall sense of happiness. And so connecting being up there, and so it, it makes me think too from Everything we're talking about, even just this conversation today, you know, I'm so grateful for all of you and all the information that you're sharing. And as we go into the holidays, you know, we've talked about social capital in the past. And as much as these things can disrupt our, you know, habits and our well-being and all the things if we can also come at it from just the absolute crucial nature of connecting with people that are important to us, especially as we go into Thanksgiving and all of this, you know, and taking that time, like Dr. Jay was saying, to really, you know, be thoughtful about what is important to us and what we're planning. Um, I think that that can just hopefully, I hope that doesn't, you know, um, contradict for people. They're like, but I want to be healthy, but then I also want to connect with people. But how can we strike, you know, a balance and kind of have it all?
1: Yeah. I actually just saw a new study came out. They are able to see a difference in your gut microbiome based off of like friendships. Mm
0: -hmm. Just like showing how
1: important the social community is to your gut microbiome. Just like one
0: more reason. I believe it. Put that in a (laughs) bottle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The friend probiotic. (laughs) Yeah the friend probiotic. We're we're,
2: going to pair that with your Hanu. With every purchase of Hanu, we're going to give you the friend probiotic. (laughs) Watch out. It's coming soon.
1: I love it. I love it. Awesome. I I will throw one piece of advice in because this kind of relates to the final question I didn't get to ask is about staying healthy and not getting sick. So immune support Mm -hmm. tagging onto what Lauren said, I think really listening to your body. And if you feel like the slightest twinge of I'm maybe was exposed to something and going to get sick, say no to the social stuff, get the sleep fast, drink your water, have an immune supplement kit in your pantry, like ready to go. Because I think if you can, on that first feeling, prevent yourself from getting sick is always way better. Cause you know, once you're sick, it's like, yeah, you're fighting this like uphill battle. So have like a little plan, I think in action so that you can enjoy the holidays and not be sick.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. Love that. Yeah, get yes. that kit. I want to get your <laughs> kit, whatever kit you got. And I want it. Oh, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> okay.
2: Next round table. Four.
0: Amazing. Okay. We're just going to get all together right. and just pass pass pills around. Yeah. <laughs> Pill passers. Take it out of context. This oh. is uh, no, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. Thank
1: you all for your amazing wisdom. Always love learning from the three of you. And thanks oh, to everyone that tuned amen. in. Happy holidays to everyone. Thanks. Thank you.
0: Thanks, guys love this episode of the biohacker babes podcast head over to apple podcast to subscribe rate and leave a review we truly appreciate your support until then happy biohacking